The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are for informational purposes only and solely those of the podcast participants, contributors, and guests, and do not constitute an endorsement by or necessarily represent the views of the Hartford or its affiliates. You're listening to the Small Biz Ahead podcast, brought to you by the Hartford. Welcome back to the Small Biz Ahead podcast. I'm Elizabeth Larkin from the Hartford, and I'm here with Jean Marks from the Marks Group. Hi, Elizabeth. Hi, how are you? I am doing just fine today. How are you doing today? I'm great. That's um, good. I... Any good TV shows to recommend? Because I've been watching a lot recently. <laughs> we will get to those at the end of the episode, Jean. I know people always like to hear your Well, TV I've been traveling. Show. Whenever I travel, you know, I have the Kindle with me, and uh, I just binge watch shows. I have got shows. so many shows to recommend. Okay. I'll pick a couple. All right. Going. So after the words of wisdom, Jean will also do his TV show Yes, review. please. But before that, <clears throat> we're going to talk about a small business owner who is looking to move her place of business and how that's going to impact her employees. And we'll hear about that after a break and a word from our sponsor. This podcast is brought to you by the Hartford. When the unexpected strikes, the Hartford strikes back for over 1 million small business customers with property liability and workers' compensation insurance. Check out the Hartford small business insurance at thehartford.com. Okay, we're back. And this is a question from Leslie. She did not give her last name. She is in Nashville, Tennessee, and she owns a consulting firm. And here's her question. My business is moving to a new office space, and I fear losing employees due to a new commute. Should I pull the staff to get their feedback, or should I just make an executive decision and hope they will not resign? <laughs> Gene, this is such a perfect question for you. It's kind of, it's, it's a, it's a, I think it's a very easy question. And you know, it's funny, I was just at a client just last week, and uh, they are bigger than the average small business. I mean, they probably have about 150 employees. So that's, you know, obviously a, you know, a different thing. But same issue and same thing, Elizabeth, is um, they need to move. Like they're outgrowing their space, so they need to move. And um, what they're doing is exactly what um, I would do as well. They, they are going to their employees first. I mean, they're, they're getting input from their people. I mean, you're, you know, when you look at your business and you look at the assets in your business, I mean, your employees, I know it sounds, you know, people say it all the time, your employees are your biggest asset, but particularly, you know, if you're a retailer, if you're a small, you know, a service company, I mean, you've invested so much time and effort in, in developing people that can work for you, that you can make money off of, that you really don't want to lose that. And location is a really important thing for a lot of people. I mean, where their business is located, um, the commute that they have to their, you know, to their job and all that is very important. And I think that you, not only should you not ignore um, your, your employees' feedback or their thoughts on where your business should move to, but I think you should be soliciting it. And I do think that you should actually make it and, you know, uh, you know, a, a community um, involvement in that I decision. I am surprised. I thought you were going to say. Yeah, I know. Just, well, I'll just put it down. They, <laughs> to heck with them. They can move where they want to go. Now, I, I honestly, I really, I really wouldn't do that. Now, the other thing I also think about is depending on the business, um, you because know, this came up with another client for a much smaller company that was going to move. They had about 15 employees and, um, you know, where the where the location was that were the that would have been best for the employees it wasn't necessarily best for the owner of the business in other words the owner of the business would have to commute longer than like half of the employees if they were to move to like a bigger space and again i'm i'm like yeah but you know okay dude you know you, you you've got your but you can if it's an extra 15 minutes for you i don't think that's a big deal 
plus you play plenty of golf already and take plenty of, you know, you've got plenty of flexibility in your life. Yeah. So, but I just think it's a really important thing for your employees. And I just think to, um, to uproot your company and move away from them, I think you're going to lose good people and, um, and that's going to hurt your business. Okay. So I have a follow-up question, Gene. So this is a consulting firm. Do they need an office? Right. Well, you're asking about a guy because we don't have an office. I and mean, you are technically a tech consulting firm. Uh, we are. You are not technically. You are. We a, are a yes. tech consulting okay. firm. And, you know, I have 10 employees. I actually have 11 employees now. And, and they, um, um, we used to have offices and then we shut them down. And um, that was no inconvenience to anybody in my company because nobody ever came to my office. Yeah. You know, um, it does depend on the business. It really does. Now, the one company with 150 employees that I was talking about earlier, they their employees came to work. They did a lot of support work and work in the office, and that was very important to them. Uh, you know, as a company, um, yeah. But if you're like the kind of company, like a development company or a marketing company, something where you don't need people to be in the office all the time, there might be a middle ground. Okay. Um, I do think that um, as Elizabeth, as somebody who does not have an office, sometimes I'm jealous of people that do have offices because um, an office is a good thing for people to see and meet and chat and, you know, share ideas and build a little camaraderie. Yeah. And we don't have that in my business. I mean, we just see each you other. You have a Slack channel. Yeah. Just... We, we actually, we use actually our CRM as our communications, like a, you know, it's a chat thing and that. And, and we, um, and we see each other, we bump into each other, clients, we talk to each other on the phone, but, and then we have the Christmas, you know, we have a Christmas lunch, but it is, um, it's not a great, it's a fine. It's a good culture for us. Holiday lunch, Gene. Yeah. Oh, sorry. It's a holiday lunch, but it's a, it, the culture itself is a, um, um, it works okay for my company, but it really would not work for a lot of other companies. So okay. offices are good and having employees that get to your offices in a short amount of time is good. What do you think about companies that move into like a shared office space, like a WeWork? I, I I know WeWork is having their issues, and the reason I bring that up is because they're in the news all the time. But they are. What do you think about that? It doesn't. It seems very expensive. It for, well, the cost depends. I mean, you know, just to rent a desk at a shared office. I just did a big article on this for another publication, and and um, the you know to, to rent a desk can be maybe one hundred fifty or two hundred bucks a month for a desk. You know, uh, but then to start bringing your organization into, you know, these kinds of places, believe it or not, a lot of big companies do this. They use WeWork and other shared office spaces as a, as a resource for their employees. Not just a desk, you know, you've right. got like the other utilities are right. paid for in that it's, it's your community. You're sharing yep. a lot of services. Yeah, I agree. I, I have mixed feelings about those co-working spaces as you get bigger. Co-working, that's the word I was looking yeah, for. Yeah, they are a, um, once you move, um, you know, once you start gaining, I don't know, a handful of employees or whatever, um, to have them intermingled among other people working, even if sometimes they, you know, a lot of these places will carve out certain areas of yeah. their space just for your company. So it's almost like your little company space, but you're still using shared resources. So it could be a very affordable solution rather than leasing your own thing and buying your own phone systems and copy machines and hiring a receptionist, the whole, you know, whatever, um, you can get that done. Yeah. Someone to accept mail and packages. Yeah. So it, it could be like a real affordable thing. And then again, um, what's changing is, um, if you have clients or customers come by, you know, I mean, the attitudes change, you know, back in the day, that would have been kind of a weird thing, but nowadays it's not that yeah. big a deal. 
Um, and we're, we're actually, my, my, I'm looking for like a web design firm right now we're interviewing. And one of them is like a little web design firm in a co-working space in Philly. And uh, so, you know, you walk in, it wasn't WeWork. It's another, it's another space. You know, you're going into a co-working space. You know, the firm is located there. There's like, they've got four employees, like often like two offices that they share. And it's their little sort of corner of the co-working space as a potential client has zero impact on my decision yeah. about their you know, their qualifications. Yeah. I'm like, good for them. Yeah, because yeah. it's so normal now. Yeah, it just seems normal. And and the co-working space that I visited in Philly is super professional looking. We met in a you know, nice meeting room and then they, uh, and then the other thing I walk out, I'm like, hey, you know, good. I'm glad they're keeping their costs low. Maybe they'll reflect that in the fees that they charge me. Yeah. So co-working spaces are a great option, um, okay. you know, for, for, um, for different people. Yeah, so. I thought you'd like that. Yeah. All right, we'll be right back with Gene's Word of Brilliance and his um, TV show. Just a couple. Just a couple good TV shows to talk about. I can't, I have to. Do you want to start a business but don't know how to leverage your skills and strengths? Small Biz Ahead has you covered. Our new ebook, Opportunity Knocks, How to Find and Pursue a Business Idea That's Right for You, will help you determine the best markets for you to start a business in, how to set up a business based on your personality, and how to put your ideas into action with a solid business plan. Go to smallbizahead.com and click the link in the show notes to download your free copy today. All right, we're back and Gene is going to give us his word of brilliance. So um, my word of brilliance today is um, breakfast. Okay. Um, and the reason why is because it's a story that I recently wrote about, um, about a guy named Walt Bettinger, who's actually the CEO of Schwab, which is the big investment company, right? Big financial services investment firm. When he... Um, when he interviews potential job candidates, Elizabeth, he asks them what they eat for breakfast. No, oh not at all. Gosh. He takes them out to breakfast. But do you know what he does when he takes them out to breakfast? This is a true story. He makes them pay. No, he doesn't make them pay either. <laughs> you're, really, you're, you're, you're just banging up against the wall. You know what he does? He does something even more devious than that. He goes to the restaurant and he talks to the waiter and he asks the waiter to, on purpose, mess up the order when the person orders. So if the person orders bacon and eggs, the waiter brings them ham and eggs, you know, or okay. something, whatever. Yeah. You know, and he tells them, I'll give you a, you know, I'll, I'll give you the tip for that and all that, but I just, I want you to purposely mess up the order. And then what he does is he um, sees how the prospective employee handles that situation. What is, he is that for? Is that nefarious? Yeah, that? that's crazy. He is, his take on it is, listen, in any business, in particular in the business that we run, there's there's always problems. There's always mess ups. People make mistakes. There's always, you know, whatever. Um, he wanted to see how that potential candidate not only handles the mistake, but also handles the person making the mistake. Now, as somebody who has, I've never worked is in the service industry, but I, you know, I, I have this huge, my daughter for years has been a waitress and I've always had a big you know respect for people that do that. And I always, I, I, it drives me nuts sometimes when I see people behaving badly towards, you know, people that are in the oh, service yes. industry. I just think it's a really bad reflection on them. And I have yes. to tell you, if I was out with a prospective job candidate and you know, a server messed up an order and the person reacted negatively to that person or whatever, I would have a hard time hiring that person. Yeah, but wouldn't most people company. just be like, "Oh, I, you must have reversed this," or I. You most nice people would, and those are the kinds of people that you probably wanna you know, bring on to your company. What about the people who don't say anything and just eat it? It it that's you know that. I also think that says is another too. issue. I never really <laughs> thought of that. I mean, say I'm like interviewing you. And then you get the completely wrong order. I mean, you ordered eggs and you get French toast. Yeah. And you just, you don't say a word. You just keep eating it. I um. That's an inch. I would probably have to ask you. I would probably have to come clean and go like Elizabeth. You know what? 
I purposely had the waiter <laughs> scope your order, and I'd like to, you know, why are you? Why didn't you say? I, I'm curious to know, like, what your reason why. I think it just tells a lot about a person yeah. when they're confronted with a surprise, a mistake, a problem. How do they handle it themselves? How do they treat the person that made the mistake? How do they, you know, whatever? Um, and that's why Walt Bettinger does this, and uh, he's done this for years, and it's just one of the things that he does. And you know what I also find interesting about that story, Elizabeth, is that as somebody who I'm constantly either hiring people, interviewing contractors or yeah. people to do work, whatever. And I just, I'm the worst at it. I feel sometimes, you <laughs> I know, think everyone thinks they're, terrible, yeah, they right? give you like a resume and you're like, they look great on paper and this person seems okay. What you like, I would need all the help I can get to hire someone, somebody. And that could be like a, you know, the make or break kind of thing, the seeing how they behave in that kind of a situation. I thought that was cool. So, okay, let me throw a wrench in this. <laughs> what if he goes to the restaurant, he explains to the service person what he wants to do, right? and then the waiter or waitress or server brings him the wrong <laughs> order? Then, um, you know, that situation happened actually to him. Oh, really? Yeah, he said he got up and he threw the plate at the waiter <laughs> and dumped his coffee on the waiter's head. That's what he said. I'm just kidding. Obviously, he didn't do that. I don't know. I mean, you would have to. You would have to ask. I mean, obviously, you have to be specific in your yes in your direction. Definitely, definitely. All right, great. So, so anyway, yeah. that was my word of the day: was breakfast. breakfast. Take your job candidate out for breakfast and uh, give him a little bit of a challenge. That's what Walt Bettinger does. Uh, neither do I. Actually, I funnily enough, it's supposed general. to be the most important meal of the day, it's and not. no, I don't. I lunch eat like is, I eat early lunches. Yeah, I same. eat lunch like. 11 in the Same. morning. Yeah. yeah, actually, we're recording this at like 11 a.m. And Gene and I are both absolutely starving. Getting ready. Right getting ready. Getting ready. Um, yeah, I don't love breakfast food. I don't really like eggs. I don't eat meat. I do on weekends. Like, a, you know, in French toast, like you're going to have that at like yeah. 8 a.m. And for me, what's really bad is that um, I literally cannot have breakfast unless I have bacon. I, I have to have bacon. <laughs> and therefore, I'd rather just not have breakfast at all. I can't. People, some people have the stuff they don't have bacon. They'll just have like eggs. I'm like, oh my God, I can you miss out on the bacon wow, so yeah yeah that's yeah, about hey tv show for you yeah can i yes. just one i'll just leave you before we go okay um el camino the breaking bad oh, was finale it it's a it's a it's like a two-hour episode of breaking bad and if you're listening to this now and you're a breaking bad fan i i promise you that this you will love the episode um i won't give away any you know any Is spoilers it standalone or do you have to have watched the whole show i think you would you you will enjoy it way more if you've yeah. seen the show it's, it's it literally the, picks up right after breaking the bad Downton abbey movie i've i haven't seen it yet but someone said you wouldn't understand what was going on unless you had watched the show and uh, i thought well why would anyone go see that yeah. movie if well they had zillions the of people that would be a lot of fans of that so yeah, yeah i hear you um, I think, but the Breaking Bad, the El Camino film is just, it wraps up Jesse's story really nicely and it just is a, um, and by the way, it's not like some crazy episode. It's kind of like a Better Call Salt. You know, it's just yeah. really great writing and really like great. Better Call Salt? Love it. Yeah, Love it. me too. Love it. Love it. So it's like a cross between those two things. And um, I'm just telling you, if you're a Breaking Bad fan and you watch the series, um, I guess my only advice to you, if you're thinking of watching it, just reacquaint yourself with the final episode of Breaking Bad first. Like rewatch that and then watch El Camino and you'll be great. Great. That's All my right. TV Thanks pick. For the tip. Well, I've got more, but maybe on another podcast. Yeah, definitely. Keep yeah. listening for more of these uh, TV reviews. <laughs> I've got lots of them. got <laughs> lots of them. Thanks for listening, everyone. And we will be back in a couple weeks with our next episode. Stay tuned. Thanks for joining Elizabeth and Jean for another edition of the Small Biz Ahead podcast. For the latest on small business trends straight from the small business experts, 
visit the Hartford Small Biz Ahead. We've got articles, how-tos, and videos to help you run your business more efficiently. Check us out at smallbizahead.com.